last Sunday, the last chapter, the last in this series of Revelation, the perfect pastor orchestration <laughs> of sorts. No, not really. It's the way that God works. Sometimes that's nice, isn't it, when these things happen. Uh, so here we are at the end of 2015 and we're at the end of uh, the book of Revelation uh, that we've been talking about for the last number of uh, months and as we end this year, um, we're reminded in this chapter that the end is near. And as I've been saying right through this series, um, as we head into 2016, we think about what we believe about our future will determine how we live now. And Revelation gives us this picture of God and His people back together, uh, God uh, sustaining and saving his people uh, for an eternal future and that uh, should give us living hope, hope that changes uh, the way we uh, approach each of our situations, whatever they've been uh, this year and whatever that might be in the year to come. So uh, here we are at the end of another year, end of 2015, and uh, if you've been on Facebook at all, they've been doing these, um, your year in review, you can you know, get all your photos up um, and have a look at your year. And so the question I ask you, and I'm just going to get you to share that with someone next to, it, next to you, is how would you sum up your year? Uh, just a word or two, how do you sum up your year? So talk to each other, just say, this is how I'm summing up 2015. What's it been like for you? So just have a chat to each other. Often, um, that's okay. Often when I get to the end of the year, do you look back and do you think, th th this question, has it been a... Has it been a quick year for you, or has it been a slow year? And I, think I was, uh, Reuben and I were talking about, you know, this time last year we were just about on the way to Uganda, and I, I even said to him, oh, did we go to get Uganda this year? <laughs> it was, and it seemed ages ago that we did that. Um, and sometimes I look back and think, oh, it's so long. And then other times it just, whew, it's just gone quick. Um, I have this saying, and I, can't know, I don't know if it's mine or if I've stolen it from someone else, but I'll claim it. Um, it says, uh, <laughs> um, I say that uh, in parenting particular, in parenting in particular, that um, the days are long, but the years are short. You get that sense that sometimes it's just like, I don't even know how I'm going to get through this day. I don't know how I'm even going to get through the next hour. And then you wake up one morning and you realise your son's 18 and he's going to be driving by himself next year or something like that. I don't know, it's just like, where did those years go? Um, and there is this <laughs> sense that when we look back, um, we, we think about, yeah, was it quick or slow? Or um, how, did you, how do you sum up your 2015? What sort of things uh, did you, do you look back and think, shivers, that was so long ago? Or <gasps> that was uh, really quick. As you think about your year, did you have a sense of hope this year? Whatever might, might have come your way, do you have a sense of hope? Did, or, or even the question I asked as a homework, where, looking back, where did you see Jesus at work? Have you seen Jesus at work? How did he interact with your year? As you uh, look back, has he been hard to find? 
And that might be for a number of reasons. It might be because stuff that you've brought on yourself or it might be stuff that's come on you and you've just cried out, where are you, Jesus? Just Where are you amongst my story at the moment? Or you look back on your year and there's been some real highlights and you've seen God work in powerful ways and you just say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for allowing that to happen or just what we've done in our prayer, isn't it? Thank you, Jesus, that you've orchestrated these things. And so today as we uh, read the last book of the Bible, Revelation 22, what do you believe about Jesus coming back again? And he's promised in this book that he's going to come back soon. Does that change, this promise that Jesus says, behold, I'm coming back soon. Does that change the way you either look at 2015, but maybe even more so, does it change the way that you're looking at 2016? That Jesus has made this promise that he is coming back soon. Have a think about that as we, I just want to sum up some of the um, items in uh, Revelation 22. In Revelation 22, as we've been going through Revelation, we've talked about it's a really visual book. It gives us lots of word pictures uh, about stuff. And these, as we've talked about, have symbolic meaning. They, they give us an understanding of, um, uh, of who God is, who we are as his people, Uh, And they're often in uh, symbolic imagery. But I just want you to pick up this in this last chapter. We're back to the tree of life again. Where did the tree of life first appear? In the Garden of Eden, back in the first book of the Bible. Uh, It's interesting because the river... uh, Sorry, this is the interesting one. Uh, The tree appears on both sides of the river. Uh, So you often see uh, it depicted that way, that the river goes through the middle of the tree. I don't know what it means, but it's interesting to to note. But we have this imagery of the tree of life, uh, the river of of God flowing through it, and thirsty people drinking from it, uh, hungry people being satisfied. And last week we had this picture of uh, the bride city, so the city and the bride. This week we actually get the picture of the garden city. And this is a picture again for us of heaven and it's supposed to remind us that we're back to the beginning. And what do we remember at the beginning? It was God and his people on the earth in perfection. And he says, I don't want you to forget, that's where we're heading. (laughs) That's where we're heading. God and his people, you, back on the earth in perfection. And I want you to have that image in your mind as you live in these last days, as you live on this earth now. And we still have pictures of thrones and cities and lambs. Um, We have the Alpha and the Omega. Again, see what's happening? God has orchestrated the Bible that we've got the beginning and the end. And they're linked together by who? By Jesus, the Alpha and the Omega. He's the one that the story has been woven together in and around. And now at the end, he is enthroned with his people in perfection, Uh, for eternity he says I want you to have that picture so that you have living hope no matter what circumstance comes your way in 2016 and Jesus says that I have given you this word so he's you know he's given us so don't forget it don't neglect it Uh, he he links back right the way through through the Bible did you pick up then he's talking about the root of David Uh, he talks about um, 
being uh, the living water. Um, he talks about he is the gate to the city. And he's saying, I tie all this together. It's about me. And as we started off the book of Revelation, I reminded you that the book of Revelation is about Jesus. You are to see Jesus, know Jesus, look to Jesus, fix your eyes on Jesus uh, as you live um, your life now. And so as we're thinking back and looking forward, where do you see Jesus? Uh, What do you think Jesus has in store for you uh, as you go into the new year? Uh, and as we're reminded, Jesus is the, the Messiah, the Saviour King, the one who washes the robes, the one who allows people into the city. It's through Him that you have access to this. And it's interesting, even in this last chapter, the warnings ring out. Did you pick up the warnings? That those who reject God are outside of the city. And it's interesting, sometimes we'll pick up on the list of sins there, but just realise it's not the sins that are the issue. Because there's murderers and adulterers and that in the city, aren't they? That's us. Because we're, we're all murderers and adulterers if, if we think of Jesus' standard of measuring. So what's the difference? The people who are outside the city don't believe God. They don't believe who Jesus is. And so they've rejected Jesus, they've rejected God, and they've decided to go life without him. So they are those who have rejected God. It's not their sin that keeps them out. It's actually their faith that keeps them out because they don't believe who Jesus said he was. Uh, That's the difference between who's in the city and who's out of the city. And so again, that warning comes across us in this last uh, chapter of the Bible. Who do you believe Jesus is? Do you believe him as your Lord and Savior? The one who at Christmas time came to earth, lived, died and ascended for us so that we have access uh, to this garden city for eternity and in this last chapter you get three times what do you get three times behold i'm coming soon and so this uh, what's behold mean we hear this a bit of an old term Uh, behold uh, just means to uh, sort of a sense of just stop take note of this just pause you've got to take note of what's coming next Uh, You've got to behold this. You've got to stop, listen to this, because this is really important. What's important? I'm coming back soon. I am coming back to make all this happen. And the question that we always have in this chapter, what's the question we always have at the end of this chapter or at the end of those three statements? That's it. How long is soon? Isn't it? You're coming back soon? When is that? The church has been asking it for 2,000 years. So obviously, 2,000 years is not soon. So what is soon? (laughs) Uh, It's interesting, isn't it? Every generation, pretty well every generation of the church has, has somewhere gone to the, it's really imminent. It's going to happen in our lifetime. It's going to happen soon. And 2,000 years later, it still hasn't happened. But what Jesus is bringing to the fore is, is that it can happen tomorrow. And it could be today. And so what he's saying to you, and and where the the rest of the Bible, remember, is that Jesus could return like a thief in the night. He says, there's a sense of urgency about the way you live now. It could be now, or it could be another 2,000 years. I want you to live as if it's tomorrow. I want you to live as if I'm coming back and making making all things new right now. 
And so that brings an urgency to us, and we've talked about that, that living hope. Why, I, I, the Bible tells us, why, isn't it, why hasn't it happened yet? So why hasn't the soon come yet? I talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Because th- there's more people that need to come into the city. There's more people that need to be saved. So Jesus is holding off until those who are saved are saved. And so that's us as a church. We are on that mission to help bring people into the city, to help proclaim Jesus and have him um, or have others come into the city as well. There's this common phrase that rings out through the Bible and throughout church history, and it is this one from Christians and from followers of Jesus, is how long, O Lord? If you read through the pages of scriptures, you will find it right through. God's people are saying, how long is soon? I can't handle this. I can't handle this. And remember back in Revelation chapter 9, the saints were crying out because they were being killed. The martyrs, people were being killed. And they're crying out, how long do we have to put up with this? If you go right the way back through the Bible, through the Psalms, how often that refrain rings out. How long are you, is it going to be before you establish your kingdom on this earth? You think of even just some of the, the characters in the Bible. Abraham was crying out, how long is it going to be before I have a son? When they were in Egypt, how long? do we have to put up with this when they're in exiles in in babylon they're saying how long lord we want you to come soon and so there's this sense and and i picked it up in that clip again isn't it and they're crying out how long and then there was 400 years of what silence 400 years where they didn't hear from the god they didn't have a prophecy they didn't know what was going on surely we relate to that don't we how long And as I was thinking about this and I was thinking about Jesus coming soon, I was thinking maybe the sense as God is, uh, as we're waiting for God, the question for us as as followers of Jesus is about how we wait. Isn't it? That's what we want to know is how we wait. Because we don't know whether it's going to be tomorrow or it's going to be 2,000 years. But the thing is, how are we living now? (laughs) That's what we want to know. How are we living uh, in the reality that he could come tomorrow? Um, what is it, how does it change about what does it change about uh, my actions? And so, right the way through the Bible, what do you get? You get the promises of God to His people. He says, "No matter how long it takes, I'm never going to leave you. No, how, no matter how bad it gets, I'll never forsake you. No matter how bad you get, I'll never forsake you." I have a, I've, I've set a promise in place that I'm saving my people. I have, remember what it says in Revelation? I have marked my people for that day when I come back. You will be held by me. I will get you through. Even though at times it seems like there is silence. But even in that silence, I am present with you. And I will get you through. And that should change the way we wait. So despite our circumstances, whether we've had a good year or a bad year, God reminds us that I am present with you and I am fulfilling my promises for you. One day we will be together in perfection forever. And while you, in some ways, endure life on this earth, I am bringing you hope and joy and peace and love and I am seeing that lived out of you as my kingdom comes on this earth now as it will in its fullness later on. 
this ultimate victory over sin, this ultimate victory over Satan, this heaven reality that we get to experience certain uh, amounts now, but will come in its fullness. And so we ask ourselves, don't we, in the midst of when we look back over our years, we ask ourselves, why did that happen? I don't understand what you're doing, God. Why, how come this is happening to me? What's hap- but the Bible actually tells us why. As we've been going through Revelation, we've been told why, haven't we? Have you picked that up? We've been told why all the time. We've been told why because the world is full of sin. That you've got Satan, uh, an evil enemy that is seeking to destroy you and to s- seeking to remove you from faith um, and is seeking to tempt you away from God. It's told you that sin and your old self and the world is doing all that it can to distract you from keeping your faith in Jesus. We have the why. <laughs> we don't have the specifics of the why of every situation, but we know that we live in a broken, messed up world. And God has said, even in that, I have marked you for this future. I will sustain you for this future. And I want you to gather more of my kids together as we uh, look to my imminent return. And as, um, as we go through, I was thinking, uh, there was that, uh, well, Hebrews chapter 6, as uh, Abraham was waiting, it says this about Abraham. Abraham waited patiently... Abraham waited patiently and he received what God had promised. And so there's something about this waiting game that we've got to anchor ourselves into the promises of God. No matter what our situation or what our circumstances, whether we've had a really good year or a really bad year, we anchor ourselves into the promises of God for his people. And remember those old songs? I, I kept found myself singing this song each week, and I'm not going to sing it now. Um, standing, uh, standing, standing on the promises of God my Saviour. You know, that's what we do as we go through, as we head into the next year. We stand again on the promises that God gives us. And it says, standing on the promises that cannot fail, when howling storms of doubt assail, by the living word, God's word, which this book, which he says he's uh, given us, that will prevail. And I stand on those promises. So this book reminds me again who God is and who I am because of him. How I can live with hope, how I can live with joy, how I can live with peace, no matter what my circumstance is or will be. So this year, as you reflect back on the year and and head into 2016, uh, this last chapter of the Bible, this last book of the Bible, again gets you to fix your eyes on Jesus and remember his promises to you. And as we engage with this book, as we read, and I know that they've done this in kinder church, that we're thinking about every story in the Bible somehow links into Jesus' story, that somehow points forward to Jesus' story. And that's been happening through history, through the lives of, of, of God's people. And here's the thing, it's continuing to happen in your life. Are you looking to see where Jesus is active and what he's doing and what he's orchestrating in the year gone by? And are you anticipating that for the year ahead? And are you asking, Jesus, show me. Where are you wanting me to go? What mission have you got for me this year? What things do you want me to do? 
And so we look for Jesus in our past, but also for our future. And I think this book comes as a full stop at the end of the Bible, and we remember that it was written to churches who were suffering, doing it hard. And, and, and as I think we, uh, as individuals or as a church, we're doing it hard. I was talking to someone again this week. Uh, it, it was just the other day, uh, another pastor. And he was just saying too, just how hard the hearts of humanistic Australia is. Hearts are hard. We continue to try and point people to Jesus and to bring the gospel, and it just seems so hard. He said, we've got to remember the promises of God, <laughs> that he will work through his people and he will bring about transformation. He, will, he has chosen his church to bring about salvation. So persist. Know the power that comes through his spirit. Know the power that comes through his church. So this year, as you look back, and you, the situation you might be in right now that might be coming out of 2015 and you're thinking about 2016, the times are tough and you're not sure that you're even going to get through. Jesus wants you to remind, remember today. And it's this, this is what Revelation, it's what the Bible does. I want you to remember this. I want you to remember you are my people and I have marked you for salvation. Whatever comes your way this year, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you because I have got this place in store for you. I've made you right. Nothing can separate you from my love. So whether it be cancer, and isn't it interesting, you talk to Ray, you talk to Rob, you talk to Jerry about their journeys, and you know what they'll talk about? They'll talk about how Jesus got them through, how Jesus was part of their story. Despite their circumstances, they're facing, facing death in some ways, aren't they? And yet Jesus is the centre of that story. And so as we go into the future, that may, that may be your 2016. You may be diagnosed with something like that. Is that going to knock you off this faith journey? Or are you going to see Jesus in the midst of it? We know why cancer is in the world. Why is cancer in the world? Because sin and Satan are at work in the world. <laughs> it's not going to be in the, in the new, new earth. And so Jesus is in the midst of that. Or if you've lost a job, or your family's not what it should be, or you've lost loved ones, Jesus is in the centre of it. Look for him, find him. This year you might be looking back and thinking about 2016 and just thinking, I'm still battling with those sins. Those sins just don't seem to go from my life. I say I'll never do it again, and yet there I am again. Jesus wants you to remember the words of Paul, the great apostle Paul. He says, the things I don't want to do, I keep doing. The things I should do, I don't do. And he says, but yet, he says, oh, what a wretched man I am. And then he says, and the next line is, but there's no condemnation in Christ. I'm now a dwelling place of his spirit. And he has called me to be an apostle to the Gentiles to see salvation come through this broken vessel. He wants you to remember that this morning. There is no condemnation in Christ. And so we can wait with a sense of joy and freedom from guilt and shame as we get on living his kingdom in this earth. And as you 
have those thoughts of, I can't do this. I can't do this. I tried everything and I just can't do it. It doesn't seem to stop. Remember the promises of Jesus that his spirit will come in and give you power that you haven't got yourself. Power that raised Christ from the dead is yours. Ask for his power to work in your life. Remember the testimonies of those around you. And this is why we give testimonies, isn't it? That we tell the stories of when we're in our darkest, broken spot. We tell the stories of Jesus. And it reminds each other of how Jesus is at work. And that Jesus changes these situations. When we face the challenge of mission, how are we going to disciple all nations? How are we going to do that? Can't even make any, don't seem to be any harvest around here much. We remember that God has chosen us to reveal himself to the world. We remember that God hears and answers prayer. And so we pray for the lost. And what do we remember? We remember people like, I was thinking this year, the story of Gash. Who heard the story of Gash this year? A guy who was just nowhere. And then God appears to him. He's been discipled into a new life with him and is bringing the king. I was thinking, this, I was just thinking these, these stories. We, we remember and we testify the stories of people like Luke and Farouk. Luke and Agnes Luke. <laughs> Luke says this too. He says, I was, I was a drug addicted hippie when Jesus came into my life <laughs> and changed me around. And now... He's a missionary, <laughs> seeing the lost found. Farouk was with him as well. And he said, remember, <laughs> when it seems impossible for you, I'm still at work. Jesus is still in the business of changing people's lives. So get on with my mission and proclaim me, live me, love as I have loved you. Remember my words that my spirit will give you the power to lay down your life. And for us in this country, that might just be to lay down my ego. That I won't mind if people laugh at me because I talk to them about Jesus. Or people unfriend me because I mention something about Jesus. Remember these promises that God has for us as his people. Remember, he says, that you don't do this alone. That's why you are my people and you're a family and you're a body because you do it together. Don't forget that you are not alone. Do it together. Fix your eyes on Jesus and know that the promised Messiah is working amongst us as his people. That he came from the manger to the cross. And particularly Revelation, he says, remember that Jesus is the glorious, magnificent, all-conquering Son of God. The majestic Christ, the majestic King, the King of Kings, who is still at work in this world and is about to establish uh, the new earth. So as we wait, we don't wait passively. That's the thing. Waiting has sort of got a passive connotation to it. I think the Bible says, no, waiting is not passive. You wait actively. And that's what living hope is, isn't it? It's not just sitting back and waiting. No, I actually live in hope. I actually get active in the way I live for Christ. 
So those of you who are here today and you look back on your year and you think, I've seen God's goodness and I'm seeing his fruit in my life. Jesus says to you, go for it. Well done, good and faithful servant. Keep fixing your eyes on Jesus. Keep going for it. Keep working for my kingdom. Be inspired and know that you know, his return, my return, my reward, he will say to you, well done, good and faithful servant. So keep going as you go into 2016. There are some of, those, uh, of us here this morning who look back and you've actually had a good year that you probably don't think you have. And Jesus wants you to remind, r- remind you this morning that you've had a good year. He just wants you to know that you've had a good year because you're sitting here this morning. That whatever's come your way, you have remained faithful. And that you're still trying to worship him. And you're still keeping repenting. And you're still clinging on to him. And though you've been battled and bruised in the, uh, the reality of this life, he said, even though you think you might not have had a good year, you've had a good year. This is what I say to people. When often when those people come and pray and they're traumatized, oh, not traumatized, they've just had tough, it's been tough. And I say, I honor your faith because you're sitting on this chair. Because even though you think you're worldly, you are showing faith and you're testifying that Jesus is still part of your story. So as you head into 2016, remember you are marked by Christ. And the warning comes, don't believe the lies. Don't believe the lies that in pain and suffering that God is not present. Because that's what Satan is doing around the world. That whenever, God present, uh, whenever there's pain and suffering, that there is God, God's not present. That's a lie. The truth is, we remember the truth, that God is with us in the midst of our suffering and pain. Those of you who look back on your year and think about next year and it's just a bad year, you realize actually you have drifted from God. And that you've loved the world more than God. That your connection with God is not what it should be. That you recognize your sin, your brokenness. Maybe you're consumed by guilt as you sit here today. That you're crying out for change. Jesus wants you to know again this morning that he's coming soon. And what does he say? He said, come soon, repent and believe. Just turn back to me. Just believe that I'll get you through this. Just believe the promise that I've given you, that I have forgiven you. There is no condemnation through me. So stand on the promises and get back and step those next few steps. Get into a grow group. Get into a small group. Get into someone someone that can help you through that. Jesus wants to know that he's with you in the midst of your sin or your hardship. There are those of you who look back on your year and you've actually had a bad year, but you think you've had a good one. And you've actually been measuring it by the wrong standards. That you actually have been measuring it by the world standards or your own standards. And again, revelation comes back to us and (laughs) and gives us the warning, the shot across the bow that says, you actually got to measure it by my standards. It reminds us in in Revelation particularly, the things of this world will pass away. If you are living for and driven by material things, 
That's the wrong standard of success. That's not success, because those things will pass away. Those who put their faith in me will live forever. And he just reminds us with a loving warning again this morning. Put, my, put your faith in me, not in the things of this world, not in the things of yourself. He says, come back to me, because I want to spend eternity with you. So as we wrap up this year, as we head into 2016, church, let's fix our eyes on Jesus. Let's hear his word of hope and warning. Let's put our faith in him and be active waiters as we see the kingdom come on earth now as it is in heaven. As we as his church are on his mission to let people know of Jesus' story in our lives and in their lives and his activity in this world. Let us get on with living with faith and hope and joy and peace and be the receivers of that and the givers of that. That's how, you say, that's how my people work, man. You are the receivers of that and you're the givers of that. And as we do that, Jesus is glorified and his kingdom comes. Let's pray. Lord and God, Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are who you say you are. We thank you that we are who you say we are. That we are your people, dearly loved by you, empowered by your spirit, called by you to be your ambassadors on this earth. So as we wrap up 2015, as we fix our eyes on 2016, would you work by your power in and through us so that we may, see the gen uh, we may see Jesus in every part of our stories and that we may proclaim him, live him and follow him in all that we do this year. We pray this for your glory in the name of Jesus. Amen.